BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of WrestleNomics Radio. I'm Brandon Thurston, broadcasting on demand from Buffalo, New York, where today is Sunday, the 4th of July, 2021. Today in the program, live events as touring approaches uh, coming back. We have ratings to talk about. A weird rating for Impact. We have AEW Dynamite coming back to its normal time slot. WWE Raw approaching all-time lows. Stuff about SmackDown to talk about with the overnight and the finals. We have a net promoter score study. It's another quarter that has come to an end. And we have another NPS set of results to discuss. We have Google Web Search results for the month of June to go over. And some information about... Bushi Road, its sports division involving New Japan stardom, and the new Japanese company, Gleet. Some financial information about that company as well. All that and more today on the program. But first. And now, joining us from my South by Southwest from the mean streets of South Buffalo. Everyone's favorite ring announcer and XPW glorifier, Chris Cullo, joins us on the program to talk about the week's events. Hello, Chris Cullo. Hello. I don't know about XPW glorifier. I mean, it's I... because of you, is it not? That uh, <laughs> It might be my fault. It might be. That Rob Black <laughs> is back trying to, I don't know if he's sincere or not. But telling the world he's going to bring all these canceled wrestlers back into whatever the business. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Ash and myself, we did four episodes on XBW for our podcast, Rediscovering Indies. And now XBW apparently is coming back, according to Rob Black. He actually was tweeting at us yesterday, said we should have went to him for more information. And uh, he could have debunked some of the stories. Of you, you did not do your journalistic due diligence. By seeking out this uh, individual, I think we just had, I, uh, listen. We did nine hours on what we had out there. I didn't think we needed more source material, uh, but uh, the 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 you know he uh, maybe we'll do a special episode with him. Mm. That's that's what he wants. So, well, anyway, we've um the the month has passed. We are now in July, and. Uh, we have surpassed 125 patrons. We now have like 100, 130 or something. Uh, so we all, but we, so we've, um, we are, I don't know if we, we are getting a, an award from the Brass Ring Leadership Program at WWE, a real program, by the way. Uh, but we did get some feedback this week that I don't think you're aware of that I've, uh, I've, I've withheld, but I've seen, uh, because I'm, I'm a, a member, I guess, a patron. Not really, though. I'm sort of the, the creator. But uh, a comment on our, uh, I think, on the notebook uh, post this past week, which was for this podcast uh, last week. Uh, I won't name this individual and out him. I will protect his identity. He's not giving his approval to uh, to reveal his identity. But he, this is the feedback that he wrote to us. I don't love to be this guy, but my wife's from the UK. I used to live there. 
so I figure I will be. Feedback from Mr. Gullo. England is not the same as the UK, and you'll upset people by making that mistake. In this case, one of the shows he referred to as being in England, quote-unquote, is in Glasgow, which is in Scotland, not England. Bonus points if you want to pronounce it Glasgow, as I just did, and not Glasgow, like a damn dumb yank. He didn't, he didn't say dumb yank, I did. Well, as we are here on the 4th of July, the anniversary of the United States oh, yes. getting their independence from Great Britain. Was it called I Great Britain apologize. at the time, or was it just called England at the time? I think it was Great Britain, but I do apologize for anybody in the United Kingdom that I offended. Mm-hmm. I try to, uh, I know there's a difference, and you know we all make mistakes. But you just li- you live in America, and you think America is the biggest country in the world, and that's the most important one, right? Yeah, that, that's why I want to retire in 30 years outside of the country. <laughs> well, just saying, if ba- if Bali Pro Wrestling happens, I'm probably the guy behind. What's it. Bali Pro Wrestling? That will be my wrestling promotion. I start in Bali when I'm retired and where's Bali? Living on an island. Where's Bali? In Indonesia. Indonesia. Indonesian pro wrestling. Yeah. There's no pro wrestling in Bali and talking to my good friend at WrestleMap, it doesn't look like there's really any regular uh promotion in Indonesia either. Well that's uncharted territory. You could you could get in there first. Um we discussed we had many issues trying to set up this podcast today on the fourth of July. You have to leave Within about an hour and a half from now, right? Or maybe before that. Yeah. What is, a, yeah, what is our gotta, time yeah. constraint? By four. We just got to end by mm-hmm. four. Because then I'm getting ready to go somewhere that's like half an hour away and the thing starts at five. So I had negotiated earlier in the week the possibility of recording live and in person. Since we record this podcast remote, even though we live about, I don't know, a 20 minute drive away from each other. Um did not realize as I was having that conversation with you that this day that we record Sunday is the 4th of July. And you, like any other normal human being, have, have plans. Uh, I do not really have plans. I don't really like to do things. So it did not occur to me. My, my mother-in-law has a giant swimming pool. So that's, that's, that's the selling point for me. I'm going, are you going to eat any vegan hot dogs today? Uh, Beyond Burgers. Beyond Burgers. Okay. There are some vegan hot yes. dogs in the fridge here for me. Uh, I find it hard to find the of quality vegan hot dog. I'm going to try the Upton's brand today, I think. I think that's what's going okay. to happen. We should have a vegan hot dog eating contest. That, that should be interesting. Maybe that'll be a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> yeah. I think it kind of goes against the uh, the ethos of the veganism and the minimization of con- con- consuming <laughs> to then consume high portions of hot vegan hot dogs. But anyway, uh, what do you want to talk about today, Chris Gullo? <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, we are in July and it is heating up literally and also figuratively as far as live events for wrestling is there's going to be a lot of events happening uh, this summer. And uh, you have, uh, of course, your live ticket up there. What are some of the highlights of the live shows that will be going on uh, from, you know, July to September here. Well, we really have to credit WrestleTix, which I mentioned, I think, last week. It, it, they have a Patreon, WrestleTix. Uh, this person is going through, again, just using a, a script to count the dots. Um, and things, when we first started talking about this, things did not look good. At least that was my takeaway. Things look okay. Um, SummerSlam, as we talked about earlier, is doing really well. SummerSlam, uh, 95% tickets distributed. We won't say tickets sold because we don't know what portion of those tickets are actually sold or may- maybe it includes comps to some degree, but probably the vast majority of, of tickets distributed are tickets that have been sold. Um, but by far the biggest event, SummerSlam in Las Vegas, August 21st, hometown of Nick Khan, over 37,000 tickets distributed, 97% sold. Um, we have, let's just talk about the first events that are coming up in the return to touring. Uh, the first one will be AEW Dynamite in Miami, Florida. Uh, they've changed the configuration a number of times. They're about two-thirds distributed. Uh, they That means about 300,000 or 300,000, 300, 300,000, 3,200 
tickets sold. So to give you the idea of how big is a dynamite going to be here in this era, at least in Miami, we'll talk about another uh, dynamite setup that they've got uh, the following week. But 3,200 is the tickets distributed for Miami at the moment. They've got about 1,400 tickets still to sell if they can. Ring of Honor will do its best in the world. I think that's a pay-per-view, right? In Baltimore, July 11th. Over 400 tickets sold. They still got over 200 to sell. I should say, I should say distributed, not sold. Um, but then AEW Dynamite on July 14th, they will do two dynamites before, um, before, right? Yes. They will do two dynamites before WWE does its first live event, uh, in front of fans again. So on, on the 14th at Cedar Park, Texas, I can't remember if that's outside of Dallas or outside of Austin. That is basically sold out. Over 4,000 tickets sold there. Um, and then we got, uh, we don't, I don't have the, um, the SmackDown in Houston because that is a, uh, that is an access, I think, and not a ticket master, but those are doing pretty well. Last I looked, Dallas, uh, for, for the Raw, the first Raw in front of fans, 6,600. Uh, that's o- over 81% of the tickets are distributed for the Raw in Dallas. House shows, Things like uh, Pittsburgh, that's 75% distributed. Louisville, under 50% distributed. I've heard the talking point that uh, you know AEW is actually outselling WWE in some of the same markets. In Charlotte, that is true. Uh, at last count, which is a, as of a couple days ago, AEW in Charlotte, which is a dynamite taping, 4,341 tickets distributed. Compare that to... The Super Show, okay, a house show. We're comparing a house show to a dynamite, so take that into consideration. But the WWE Super Show in Charlotte on August 14th, 3,964. So a few hundred more tickets are out for dynamite in Charlotte versus the Super Show house show in Charlotte. Um, yeah. Uh, so how close is it with Pittsburgh? Because I know that was another one that was rumored to Pittsburgh is weird because there's, there's dynamite and, and rampage. And then there's a combo ticket offer. Yeah. So I guess what you could do is just cut the combo, uh, inventory in half and, and assign each half to dynamite and rampage. So let's take the higher one dynamite dynamites at 3,400. If we set about, uh, 5,000, there's about a thousand combo sales. Let's say about 500 of them go to dynamite. That, that puts us at about 3,900 for Pittsburgh, uh, versus what's the house show for Pittsburgh? 5,400. So now the house shows, I would say is doing better. Now, granted, the house show is sooner in the future than, than the Pittsburgh. So we're talking about the, the W house show is on July 24th. Uh, AEW in Pittsburgh is August 11th. Yeah, August 11th, I think it's 13th. I got the, got the wrong date here in our notes, but I think that's what it is. So it's a, it's a couple weeks apart. So you would think that the, the shows that are nearer in the future, uh, are further along in their, in their sales process, you could say. Okay. And, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Have they put tickets on sale for the Arthur Ashe Stadium yet? They have not gone on sale yet. Yeah. Pretty sure they have not. Okay. All right, so yeah, I'm, th- th- that I'm going to pay attention closely, especially since they are in new work, which they already re- had, and it's a rescheduled event, but it'll be interesting to see uh, how much that would affect ticket sales with that. Yeah, the, the new work show for AEW has, now this is a show that they started doing ticket sales for before the pandemic. Over 10,000 tickets, 10,400 have been distributed for that event. So that is going to be among AEW's biggest, you know, most attended events ever. That's not until September 15th. Uh, Dynamite in Newark. All right. Uh, any, uh, any final thoughts on all this, uh, ticket? Uh, Tickets go on ticket sale for stuff. Arthur Ashe on July 16th. So that's not until what, what day of the week is that? That is not until next, next week. That's two Fridays from now. Uh, not until, okay. and then, um, WWE officially confirmed that they are going to Madison Square Garden in September. Um, the UK events, I believe the, the London, which is going to be raw, is basically sold out. Cardiff is at 93% distributed. But Glasgow, not Glasgow, the home of 
Glasgow. Drew McIntyre. Uh, I don't know if that's his home, but Scotland is is is, is where he's from. Sixty-two uh, percent, only sixty-two percent distributed. Uh, so that one not doing as well as Cardiff at ninety-three percent and Newcastle at eighty-five percent. Okay. Uh, and uh, in, you have uh, another uh, thing as you sent me all the charts and everything, Brandon. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Resurgence, which we've talked about this show briefly, because it's the venue that you're that they're using. I'm just fascinated because it's like the front of the Coliseum. Yeah. So this is. is this, I, I don't. I don't know. Is this the same uh, venue that WWE ran in? Uh, <laughs> if for WrestleMania Seven, the LA Coliseum we're talking about here. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, I mean, well, the, the arena they were supposed to run, but then they went with the LA Sports Arena. Well, bomb security threats. There were, there were bomb threats. Yeah, but, yeah. Sergeant Slaughter had so much heat that they had to move to a different uh, arena, right? So this is, the Coliseum yeah. was supposed to be like this uh, stadium type venue. Or is that where the, the yes, Raiders were? And it is. Like, the they have like USC football, and yeah, and, they, and the, the Chargers and Rams played there until their new stadiums were built. Well, the Rams did, the Chargers did not. Uh, they played in like a soccer stadium, but nonetheless, the so the the venue itself of the New Japan show is the front entrance of the Coliseum, and they're like turning that into like a concert venue. It's really interesting, like, but it's it's really hard to explain. Too. Is this like uh, how Madison Square Garden has the Hulu Theater as part of it? Yes, but outside. Wait, so this is an outdoor venue that New Japan is running? Yes. Like this part of it. And I know we're talking about a football stadium, but but the part of it that New Japan is running, is that covered or uncovered? While you look that up, uh, they have distributed for this New Japan Resurgence show in Los Angeles, August 14th, 1,581 by Russell Tick's last count. That was as of Thursday. Uh, So that's 70% distributed uh compared to all, all these percentages that i'm reading off to by the way are the percentage of the current configuration which could change uh in wrestling there's usually i don't know about this new japan show but there's often big stages that take out thousands of, t- of seats and those uh, configurations can change and sometimes they hold back seats because they're not sure if they're going to need them for the setup and as the event gets closer sometimes they release a few more seats as they realize they can release uh, more. So from the website, uh, the torch, uh, that LA, uh, the torch of the LA Coliseum, it's a 5,000 capacity performance venue, flexible up to 10,000 set on the doorstep of an, uh, of the LA Coliseum um, located in Expo park near uh, downtown LA with convenient access to the Metro E line and Coliseum parking lot. So uh, I'm trying to, I I believe it's outside. I want to look at images and I can tell you from images. Let's see here. I mean, that looks to be an outside venue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll actually, uh, I will send you. See, but it looks like inside the stadium. It's very, it's very confusing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So this is what they want it to be. Okay. Here. So I don't think this venue has held anything yet. This is going to be the inaugural event. The, I don't know torch. if that will be the inaugural event, but I feel like it's just starting to have. I mean, I could be wrong, but like, because the picture I found, it looks like a mock up of what it would look like. And I'm going to send it to you. An artist's rendering. Yeah, an artist's rendering of like a, what a little lane counter would look like there. Let's see if that worked. Yeah, there we go. That is indeed a little lane concert. It, de- it definitely looks outdoors. <laughs> yes. Whatever, whatever we're looking yeah. at here, there's like an overpass and and a bunch of little flags and people rocking outside. Definitely looking well, so outdoors. Yeah, I mean, it, that overpass is the entrance to the Coliseum. I see. Okay. So, yeah, it's it's pretty much just hold, putting a wrestling ring in front of a football stadium. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, I guess... What we're seeing here is, is in, in terms of uh, WWE's events, real quick, that the house shows are not doing as well, which is in line with what we saw pre-pandemic, that the house shows did not have as much demand. You know, a house show has probably not sold out in decades. Well, maybe some international stuff has. 
in any event. Uh, a, a Detroit is about half distributed uh, out of, they've sold almost 5,000 tickets as of last count for, for the Detroit Super Show. Uh, Chicago for Raw, though, uh, more than 8,000 tickets distributed, about 22% left. Uh, yeah, so I think that gives you an idea of, of how it's going. It's not, um, the TV event's doing okay, right? The house show's not doing that well. But you can get tickets to most of these events if you want to. It's, uh, I, I mean, I haven't studied what other sports ticket sales are like as we return to live events in, in the United States, but, uh, I've heard people do, at least anecdotally say that you can't get tickets to anything right now. You can, you can get tickets to, to basically everything except for, uh, AEW Dynamite in Cedar Park, Texas right now. Yeah, I, I think that you can't get tickets to anything qualifies for really, like concerts and stuff like that. And a lot of stuff that was rescheduled because those tickets are going to like previous people. I know that I had to get pre-sale for a concert because I was afraid of, of it being sold out. So what, what concert are you going to? <laughs> you will make fun of me. I won't make fun of you. The listeners might. Limp Biscuit. <laughs> Limp Biscuit. Are you, yes. are you going with our friend Vince, Vince McMahon? That's one of his favorite bands. I think. <laughs> I don't know if he's gonna be uh going to the Rapid Cedar in Niagara Falls, but uh maybe uh, maybe I'll see him there. Yes. He might be busy that day. <laughs> it, is, it is a Monday, so <laughs> he might be busy. Ratings. Yeah, we'll uh we'll get right into it from live events yeah. to ratings. Uh we'll start with the uh SmackDown overnight viewership from the uh July second episode. Uh it came in at one point seven four million viewers. it did go against the Stanley Cup final game. Uh, with the Canadians and the Lightning on NBC, but there was no NBA game. And if the final rating, which will come out Monday, is up 6% as it's been lately, uh, that would mean about $1.84 million among the lowest for SmackDown on Fox. And SmackDown was preempted in some markets uh, because of the Yankees-Mets game. And you could also talk people out of town for 4th of July. I mean, you can keep going down the list and list. The, the uh, you know, 24-7 gas station down the street, you know. Lots of things to deter people away from watching SmackDown. It was sunny that day. There was a baseball game on. You know, people were thinking about basketball. Basketball is real exciting right now. Uh, The ticket sellers didn't didn't sell enough effing tickets. You know, the usual. Uh, So I don't. I I did have some people tell me in the replies that they did not have the the broadcast. I I imagine this is in the New York City area. Obviously, the 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 Yankees and Mets game was on Fox. Apparently, Um, so maybe that has something to do with it. This would be this would be among the lowest. I think you just read that. This would be among the lowest uh, in the history of the of SmackDown's yeah. run on Fox. Of course, not counting the FS1 preemptions that were like under a million. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens on Monday when we get the the last number. Um, let's let's just talk about the impact. I'll bring it up. Let's just talk about the impact number. Okay, which is very strange. Uh, I saw this number and and, and the number is sixty nine thousand viewers. The total. Um, that would be the lowest in the history of Impact's run on Access. Impact has been on Access since December 31st, 2019. Um, the previous low is, I think, something like 78,000. Okay. So this would be, by a decent margin, the lowest ever. Um, we've got it here on the table. 21,000 was the number for the, the demo, which is not the lowest ever. Would not be the lowest ever, but would be, um, like the third lowest ever. Um, this also, let's, uh, let's set the table here. This also had Kenny Omega on television, not just on television, but wrestling in a match in the main event, six man tag. He wrestled, uh, he teamed with Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows against, what was it? Tom, Sammy Callahan, Tommy Dreamer, and someone else. Chris um, Saban. Thank you. Um, was it Moose in that actually? Maybe it was Moose and not yeah, Tommy maybe Dreamer. Maybe Moose instead of Dreamer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, as it turns out, I guess there were some issues with the guide. So if you pulled up your, t- your TV's program guide, there were a lot of systems, including DirecTV. I've heard also Comcast customers say that they saw something like set up or sign off uh, as what was in the slot for impact, if not uh, in, the, in the slot for all of access the entire day. So that could have now granted the number we're talking about here is live in the same day. It's not included any DVR viewership. I understand there were issues with the DVR recording. My sling recorded it no problem. I was able to go and, and look look at what what was on the show. Uh but but a number of people, including direct T V customers saying that their DVR did not record it. Uh 
this is live, live plus same day. So this would only include people who watched it as it happened or within a few hours of when it happened. Now, granted that all of this, uh, confusion that people were seeing in their guys may have discouraged live viewership. It may be the reason why this number was abnormally low. The previous week did 110,000, uh, viewers. And I believe the week before that did, the, did an identical number, 110,000 or 111,000. Uh, however, that doesn't completely explain. Now we're dealing with small samples, so maybe there's some volatility here. Uh, but the, so I, I, I'm, I don't know, I don't have recent quarter hour information, uh, for entire programs, but I've been told that the, the second hour of impact is often less viewed than the first hour. That's usually the trend. You would think that if something was going to buck that trend, though, maybe it's Kenny Omega match. Kenny Omega did have a match on Impact Wrestling. His only other match on the weekly program. He's had a number of matches on pay-per-view. But the only other match he had on the weekly program, I believe, is April 8th, another six-man tag main event. And that that did pop a number. Uh, it did like 168,000 viewers, which was substantially larger than what it had, what it had done before or even after. Uh, especially in 1849. I think 1849 versus the media the last four weeks was up 66%. So, and, and by the way... People like to talk, I get a lot of mentions whenever I report the impact rating about how this AEW relationship isn't working out. The AEW's 18-49 has increased. Um, did I say AEW? Impact's 18-49 has increased in the time that it's been interacting with AEW talent versus before. Uh, total viewership has diminished somewhat. You might expect that otherwise, though. You might, you might expect that anyway. But anyway, what I'm getting to here, the lowest viewed quarter for this episode of Impact, even with all of its issues, was the main event which had, I believe, I'll, I will double-check this, but 59,000 viewers. That was the least viewed quarter. So even if there's all this confusion about whether or not Impact is really on tonight, uh, nonetheless, the people who did t- turn it on, uh, 59,000 viewers stuck around out of the uh, average over the course of the program of 69,000. 59,000 of them stuck around for the main event involving Kenny Omega. So I can't... I, I think that, that we'll see what happens next week. If uh, the number is comparable to this number, then you could say, that, well, I don't know if the issues were really that big of a deal. If if we have another number that's over 100,000 and this just appears to be an anomaly, well, then it's, it's an anomaly. All that aside, I don't know that I can dismiss Kenny Omega didn't, didn't uh, pop a number here. In fact, uh, his quarter hour is the least viewed, which is not that unusual, perhaps, for impact. Again, the second hour is less viewed than the first hour, but uh, Kenny Omega not bucking the trend here, his previous record as, as a, as a star and attraction, uh, you know, is, is what it is. In this case, this is not a credit to him. All right. Uh, we, uh, we talked about this past SmackDown, but, uh, the overall for the June 25th SmackDown was 1.971 million, uh, with a 0.54 in 18 to 49. Uh, and you know, that was a number that it did slip overall for, with a, with a little over 2 million uh, on the 18th with a 0.54 in the 1849 as well. Um, raw, uh, on June 28th here, uh, 500, uh, I'm sorry, 1.5, uh, million with 0.41, uh, in 1849, uh, compared that to the week before with a little over 1.6 with, with a 0.48 in 1849. So a little bit of a, Actually, a pretty substantial drop in the 18 and 49 as far as on Raw uh, this past week. Yes. The 18 and 49, and the lowest. Do you, do you have more there? No, no, no. I was going to go in NXT, so go ahead. Raw, 18 49 was the lowest of the year. This total viewership, 1.57 million viewers. The third lowest of all time, I believe. I don't, uh, to be fair, we don't have viewership numbers going all the way back to 1993, but we do have ratings, which you can extrapolate a rough estimate of what viewership is. But I'm pretty confident this is the lowest, the third lowest, third lowest total viewership for Raw ever. Previously be, be previously believed to be the fourth lowest. Uh, if you've been looking at Showbuzz Daily for the last few years and you've been hand jamming those numbers into your spreadsheet like I have, you would think that it was the fourth lowest. Uh, however... I've learned that in July 2020, Nielsen had an error that caused... So what happened was Nielsen, for some reason, did not record the West Coast feed viewership for the USA Network. In August, apparently, they realized this and and made the correction. Uh, so July did not do as badly for NXT and Raw 
as previously believed. Um, I have the updated, corrected numbers in the WrestleNomics viewership spread sheet for patrons if you want to go through and look, go, go back and look at July 2020. Um, so that, so the point is, there was a July 13th, 2020 number that would have been the third lowest. That is no longer one of the lowest. It's a little bit better than, than being that bad. This is, uh, this June 28th number of this year, 1.57 million viewers. That is the third lowest ever. Um, interesting that, uh, that happened in July 2020 when there was an earnings call at the very end of July 2020 where Vince McMahon was really getting grilled about ratings. <laughs> and uh, by by analysts on the on the earnings call, and as it turned out, uh, viewership was not quite as bad in that month. Now it it was it was you know those numbers have not been corrected for June and May and April when things were sliding just as well. Uh, but the July number is not as bad as we had thought at the time. Anyway, uh, all right, and uh, NXT. Did six hundred thirty six thousand with a uh point one three and eighteen to forty nine compared to the week before, which did six hundred seventy thousand with a point seventeen, so they slipped this week as well. We'll see how they fare next week with the NXT Great American Bash special. Yes. This is the lowest can, uh, of the Tuesday night run. So NXT continues to uh show this trend of not doing that much better than it was doing on Wednesday night when it was when it was running head to head with another wrestling program. All right. And then Dynamite returned to Wednesday nights. And uh I think a pretty solid show in for coming back. Eight hundred and eighty-three thousand with a point three five in eighteen to forty-nine. If you compare that to this Saturday night dynamite, which we didn't have the results for last week, but we, we got those this week, uh, where it was six hundred and fifty uh thousand overall with a point two one in the eighteen to forty-nine. So Saturdays were better than the Fridays, but they definitely rebounded here pretty good on the Wednesday. Be back in their slot. Yeah, this is uh on the high end. I think we we were sort of uh, I was trying to establish some you know what would be a success, what would be a disappointment. This is definitely on the on the high end of normal expectations. I, I would say uh, above nine hundred thousand, I would I would would be really really impressive. But eight hundred eighty three thousand is is very good. There were a lot of um. I, I was doubting whether or not AEW would be able to continue to uh, have its its normal audience after having a whole month being preempted, mostly on Friday and then in the last occasion on Saturday. So they really sort of disproved any doubt that people like me had about whether or not uh, they were going to regain their audience instantly. Uh, they were going against an NBA conference final game and did just fine anyway. In fact, so it was a NBA playoff game that had a 9 p.m. start. So only the second half of this show won against the NBA game. Uh, despite that, the leading quarter hour was the final quarter hour, which was mostly the MJF versus Sammy Guevara match, also included that highlight video that they showed about uh, your Daly's place uh, in the pandemic era. So that uh, that final quarter, though, did 962,000 viewers total, 517,000 of those viewers in 18 to 49. The main event, as much as you might intuitively think that, well, you know, you build this whole show, you you hype up this main event, and then you deliver it at the end, that that would most often be the leading quarter hour of a program. At least in Dynamite's case, that is not true. I think that's maybe it's more often true for NXT, but what what really uh, what most often leads these programs in terms of the quarters are the first quarter and the fifth quarter. The first quarter is uh, the, the first quarter of the show, obviously. And that benefits from a lead-in from whatever uh, came before it, where you've got a lot of people who maybe just left the TV on from Law & Order or the, the movie that TNT was playing who may may not necessarily have any interest in watching a wrestling show, but they just haven't turned the TV off yet, but their viewership gets averaged into that quarter. Uh, and, and you've got uh, you know people who are anticipating the beginning of the show who may just not uh, be around for the rest of it. So you've got that benefit in Q1. Then in Q5, you've got, you're at the top of another hour where maybe people are done watching whatever was on at, at the eight o'clock block. And now their time is freed up and they're, they're, they're turning the channel on again. So it's Q1 and Q5 that more often than any other quarter lead dynamite. I think that is roughly true for NXT as well. Perhaps it's true for other wrestling programs. Um, so point is not every Q8 is, is the leader 
uh, in the quarter hours. This one was though. So it was, it bucked that trend and it went against, uh, an NBA conference final game in the second half. So that, that would make it extra challenging. So I think that's uh, a credit to this Sammy Guevara and MGF match. I am very hesitant to ever take, uh, a quarter hour and say, this proves this guy's draw. People want to look at this data and read it in, into, into their fandom about whether so-and-so was a draw or whether so-and-so was an anti-draw, as we kind of just uh, alluded to in our discussion of what happened with Impact and Kenny Omega. Uh, but there's, I think there's, there's a real takeaway that you can take from this. Consider how they bucked the trend of what usually happens in Q8, which is not the most viewed quarter of the show, and that they, the, the second half of the show faced greater competition than the first half of the show. So you'd think that the first half of the show, some quarter in the first half of the show would, would have really been an advantage to, um, to do better than the final quarter of the show. Nonetheless, this was the most viewed quarter of the show. All right. So uh, with that, we can actually move on to your predictions. Fans are coming back, right? We uh, mm-hmm. have a dynamite in front of fans this Wednesday, uh, you know, and then we're going to have fans in WWE crowds in a couple weeks. How much of an effect do you really think it makes on the ratings? Because, you know, you heard the whole thing, oh, wrestling's hard to watch in front of, you know, no fans or Thunderdome or even, oh, the same fans at Daly's Place. Well, now we have live audiences all around the country that, you know, they're going to fill arenas. Do you really think it makes it's going to make that huge of a difference on the ratings? I think it's it's summer it won't, but that's just me. You, you think, say that again? Because it's summer, I don't think it's going to be a I giant see. difference. I, I don't think after a year and a half, the guy goes, you know what? I think I'm going to watch Raw again because now they have fans. So I was, I was looking at what the month to month trends usually are. And usually July is up from June and then August is up from, from, uh, July. This is, I'm, I'm talking about Raw and SmackDown here. Um, I'm only really going to talk about Raw and SmackDown. I did not put a, put a ton of thought into Dynamite or NXT or Impact for that matter. Um, I just sort of went through each week. And try to do a rough prediction of what I think is going to happen, trying to take, take into account holidays and things like that. General overview, I think that there's definitely going to be a short-term bump. Raw, with its first, its, its first uh, event in front of live fans, will, will pop a pretty big number over what it, what it had been doing in the weeks leading up to it. SmackDown, same thing. I, I still tend to think, I don't know this, but I, I think they're going to bring out John Cena, probably advertise him ahead of time. And uh, he'll, maybe he'll start a program off with uh, Roman Reigns heading towards SummerSlam. Um, so I think there's going to be a short-term boost. And I think after that, and we'll kind of get into into why here when we talk about the MPS in a minute. Uh, I, I think this program, uh, these both of these programs are, are just not good enough and don't uh, make people feel like watching them enough to to sustain a long-term increase in ratings versus their trends uh, over the last year and a half during the pandemic. Um, I was talking to someone who is probably in touch with what W investors feel, and I, I think W investors are really feeling that they're going to have an increase in ratings. Uh, like we were talking about earlier in July 2020, Vince was grilled on, on the earnings call about ratings and the belief excuse is that, well, once we get fans back in attendance and, you know, the, the Thunderdome was partly to address that. And the Thunderdome did coincide with the reparation of, uh, of ratings to some degree. But I think investors are really expecting a major boost in ratings. Uh, the person I was talking to said that they better get a major boost in ratings or some investors will freak out. Um, but I think what's going to happen is July, let's talk about what the averages were for June. In June, Raw averaged, I'm just going to talk about total viewership here. Raw averaged uh, 1.67 million viewers, 1.67 million for Raw. SmackDown averaged uh, about 2 million flat, just don't, just under 2 million flat, which I think is the, the first time that the average comes in below 2 million on Fox. Um, I think in July, about 1.7 million for Raw, 2.1 million for SmackDown, so they're both up. This is with the second half of the month only, uh, including live event, live fans in attendance again. And then in August, 1.75 million for Raw, 1.20 million for SmackDown. And then in September, uh, we'll start to get back into the season of Monday Night Football in the case of, 
uh, Raw, and I see it falling about 1.60 million for Raw, and then maybe SmackDown. I feel like man, this is being generous, but SmackDown staying up above 2.1 million. I consider they may have uh, might have John Cena throughout August, um, but then I see it really slipping uh, for Raw down to 1.5 million. Uh, SmackDown getting to 2 million flat again, getting under 2 million in December. SmackDown, uh, the way the calendar works this year, SmackDown is going to land on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. So those ratings almost certainly are going to plunge unless there's like a football game leading or something like that again that I'm not aware of, which is always possible. But, uh, yeah, I, I see Raw doing, uh, doing 1.5 million through, through the prime of the, the football season. So that will be, it will be scraping record lows again in the football season. I kind of, now I, to be fair, I expected that to happen, um, last year and it did not go as badly uh, as, as I expected. Uh, and I think that's partly thanks to the Thunderdome. You can remember like through the summer where they were panicking with things like raw underground, uh, and things of that nature that didn't work out and were pretty short lived. Uh, yeah, there will be no, uh, Christmas Eve from what I could gather, uh, for NFL this year, they're doing Christmas day, uh, okay. with it being on a, uh, that was Saturday and I don't think there's going to be any college football. There was, so it was, a, it was Christmas the Christmas day. day, Christmas day NFL game that gave smack on the giant lead in. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, and you, uh, working due diligently over there at WrestleNomics headquarters, uh, with the net promoter score survey. Uh, what have we gathered from this? I can hear the music playing. You probably can't hear this though. <laughs> um, do you hear that? You don't hear that, do you? I've got to mute this. No. There we go. So I did another net promoter score study, trying to do this quarterly. Um, basically, if you don't know, I take a, I, I take out a Facebook ad and I put it on Facebook and try to get people to click on this Google form. They go in and they take this survey. They ask you a question. They, they being me, asks you a question. How likely would you be to recommend this program to a friend? Uh, rate, rate it zero to five. Zero being I definitely wouldn't and five being, being I definitely would. Uh, and I ask you if you are, how often you, you watch the show. So primarily I want to look at people who, who are currently watching regularly. Whatever that means to you, I mean, it's not quantified, but the options are, do you, are you currently watching it regularly? Are you currently watching it occasionally? Uh, did you used to watch it regularly or occasionally? And the fourth option is I've never watched it. So I want to take, again, I want to take the people who currently watch it regularly. These are the people who are most engaged. These are the people who should be the most in touch with how to feel about the program. And they should, in fact, be the people who are most likely to give a positive response, right? I would recommend this because I'm investing my own time in it. I might be more, more likely than somebody's not investing their time in it to recommend it to somebody else. So result, we get a uh, big takeaway. Raw ends up giving a negative net promoter score. Uh, the net promoter score is you take the people who uh, rated a five. In this case, this is our formulation. Uh, I would like to do a 10 point scale. If we can work out a way that I can get a 10 point scale onto a Google form in a way that is readable. Uh, without having to scroll. Uh, basically, you take the, the, the percentage of five responses, and from that, you subtract the percentage of zero to three responses, which are said to be detractors, and uh, and then you get the net promoter score out of that. It's supposed to be a predictor of revenue growth, uh, and I would say, in this case, fan sentiment. Not something that I distributed just on my on my social media feed among people who are just WWE haters, but something that I put on Facebook, presumably people who have no no connection to to WrestleNomics. Uh, so raw doing a negative number, uh, just under just under zero, negative point zero six. Uh, SmackDown did a positive point one nine, NXT did a positive point four eight, AEW did a positive point five eight. I can read these numbers off. It's probably not that interesting in audio, but you can go to WrestleNomics.com and, and read the article that is free out there for everybody. Uh, everybody, the responses I would say were more negative than, than, I mean, that's just, I, I don't have to say that. That's just uh, sort of mathematically true. Uh, everybody's number in those four was, were down. I, I did test this for Impact Ring of Honor, New Japan. Uh, sample sizes are pretty small though, so let's not get deep into it here. Uh, you can see the numbers for whatever they're worth in, in the article. Uh, everybody's number was a little bit down in this quarter versus the previous two quarters. Uh, but, but AEW is still the most positive 
And I think that, I mean, that reflects my intuition. Maybe there's something about me and my, and my, uh, bias that, uh, that makes this the case. But, uh, you know, this is, uh, I, the, the interests that I choose are WWE interests. There's actually not an AW, uh, option yet, probably just because AW is too new still. Uh, there are, there's a New Japan option, a, uh, I'm talking about interests here when you build the ad. There's an impact interest, there's WWE interest, there's an NXT interest, and I, I select all of those, including other things like John Cena and Chris Jericho. Um, I used emojis in the ad this time. That seems to, to, uh, oh, that seems to, this is the biggest sample size too, by the way, that we've had in, in the, in the three times that we've done this. So the, the sample, what was the sample, by the way? It's different for every show because every show has a different number of people who say they are current regular viewers. Uh, but the, the sample, uh, for the four major programs, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dynamite, uh, was the, the lowest was for NXT with 218 samples. The highest was for SmackDown with 307 samples. So in the future too, and by the way, this is not free. Obviously I have to take out an ad. This is all thanks to the subscribers, supporters of WrestleNomics that we were able to get, get the biggest sample size ever. And hopefully in the future, we will continue to grow that sample size as we're able to invest more heavily into uh into a facebook ad i would like to, to do a maybe a google ad or something as, as well i have i've i've sat down and tried to on one occasion and i was facebook ads are, are complicated enough it took me like two hours to build this facebook ad it was, it was such a pain mark, mark and, zuckerberg yeah it's <laughs> uh speaking of data we have a lot of data here wrestlenomics and let me, let me just add though well i was trying to connect that in the ratings discussion the reason why I think that the ratings aren't, it's going to be a short-term boost. Boom, numbers going to go up, and then the show is going to be bad again, in the case of Raw and SmackDown. And that's why you're not going to maintain the audience, because people who are, they're willing to check it out, are going to check it out, because, oh, okay, crowds are back, let's check it out, let's see what it's like. Uh, check it out, maybe a week, two weeks, maybe three weeks, and then you kind of get turned off again, and you go back to get on with your life. <laughs> so, <laughs> just data like this makes me think that. Uh, it's not just my taste and opinion. I think there's, you know, and maybe it's the people on the internet who are just, I mean, everybody's on the internet. Who's not on the internet? Uh, I, I think that's the, that's representative of the general fan, viewer, customer sentiment right now. Is that, uh, if you, if you invest time in it, the S Dynamite has a smaller audience, about half of the audience of Raw or SmackDown. But, um, but there's, you know, W has tremendous brand, brand recognition. But I think the general response to it uh, is that it's not a great show and it doesn't captivate audiences as much as it could. Anyway. All right. So, like I said, we love our data here, WrestleNomics, and something that you've been uh, compiling for, for months now, the Google uh, Trends. And uh, you have some highlights on, on what we're seeing on Google Trends uh, for the month of June. Yeah, we don't have to spend forever on this, but we did this last month, so I don't want to belabor it too much. But other highlights here. Well, W again is massively above everybody. This is worldwide Google web search. WB is the leader by far among the wrestling companies in the world. The number two company for Google web search volume is AEW, which is doing a fraction. Uh, what's 61 divided by eight? That's, that's the number of times, uh, WB is, is doing more volume. Than AEW. So if I take, let's see here, six point one four, which is their their number, and divide eight point four for AEW. Eight point four. They're doing seven times the Google web search of AEW. WWE is seven times. So again, I I think what does this really mean? I think this represents mind share. I think it represents how much people are thinking about something, and I think people are thinking yeah, that's probably about right. People are thinking about WWE and it's and it's various. IP and nostalgia, as well as current stuff, about seven times greater than, than AEW. Um, I, I sorted out for, and I did this for people as well. Uh, again, I think this gives you an idea how much the average person is thinking about a given wrestler. Uh, I, I put in just people who I arbitrarily deemed active. Uh, Roman Reigns, of course, is the leader by multiples over the number two guy, Randy Orton. Uh, it goes, Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio, Alexa Bliss, and at number five, even though she's not on TV at, in, in this month, this is for June, uh, Sasha Banks at number five. Uh, interesting that Bobby Lashley is among the strongest growth trends. I also do a, 
Who's got the strongest positive trend here over the course of eight months? Bobby Lashley at number one for WWE. Um, we're talking about AEW. We did this for AEW as well. Big Show is still by far the leader. Now followed by Mark Henry, and then John Moxley was the the number three, probably the, you know, the the leader among active wrestlers for AEW, followed by Chris Jericho, Sting, and one Manuel Alfonso Andrade, and uh, Oro Oro Oro, Oro uh, his his name is cut off here. Um, that is that is Andrade, Andrade. Andrade of course. <laughs> um, and he is also the person with the strongest trend. And I think that's that that though has a lot to do with his uh move from WWE to AEW. Uh but Britt Baker, again, as she was last month, uh has a strong positive trend as well. Uh followed by Jake Roberts, for some reason. Jake Roberts, the budding star, and Jungle Boy uh has the fourth strongest trend. Was the uh Dark Side of the Ring earlier this month or was that May? I don't know. That's, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's because if June was if the first week of June was Dark Side of the Ring and remember he was also on the Treasures. All right, right. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So there's that, and we have New Japan. Hiroshi Tanahashi leads this month uh, for the second consecutive month, uh, followed by Leo Rush. I guess because he retired again. <laughs> <laughs> followed by Kazuchika Okada, and number and number four, Taichi. Why? Uh, that that one's interesting. You, you I, I mean, you would actually think Shingo. I mean, five, Shin- but I would actually think he'd be, he'd be a li- he would be at like four. Yes. But Shingo's Shingo's next at number five. Shingo also has the strongest growth trend uh, because he just won the, the title. So there's that. Uh, Osprey has the number no, number two strongest growth trend. So that's that's Google Web Search. All right. Uh, move on to some news we have regarding, uh, AAA and, uh, Lucha Libre FMF, FMV, sorry. Uh, so, um, real, real quick, Lucha Libre yeah. FMV is the parent company behind Lucha Underground. Yes. And aren't they basically AAA, a, a USA pretty much too? That's what this, dis- they- that's what this dispute is about. Okay. Um, yeah. Lucha Libre FMV made an agreement, at least in their view to the rights for everything AAA in the United States. So they're upset that AAA is trying to monetize um, in the United States, and they have to resolve this dispute somehow. Yeah, there's actually a live show in uh, the New York, New Jersey area very shortly, mm-hmm. within the next month or two. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe AAA will be in New York. Uh, but yeah, so... Um, uh, here's what we got from Lucha Blog. Uh, FMV had until today to show they were still pursuing the case. Today, today being when, when, when he tweeted this, <laughs> um, Tuesday or Wednesday or something. Yeah. Uh, they still are working to serve AAA, uh, the lawsuit in Mexico, which they believe will take six to 12 months. The lawsuit is going to be a year old before it even starts. Uh, AAA and FMV last discussed a settlement in March. Uh, FMV claims that AAA's lawyer said he'd come back with the new settlement offer, then has stopped responding and accused the AAA side of just trying to get the clock to run out. Uh, AAA and MVB could settle, uh, if they could agree upon a number, but there's no sign of that's coming or anyone's really trying hard for that. Uh, the lawsuit is going to drag into 2022 and likely 2023, and the geo blocks will stay up until that's fixed. Uh, Triple Mania on August 14th is free to stream regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing to, really to add there, but we, I thought we should mention that. Um, All right, uh, and we will go from Mexico to Japan and uh, the finances of uh, Bushi Road. Uh, did I pronounce that correctly? Bushi Bushi Road. <laughs> That's yeah, okay. <laughs> Just making sure. Yeah. Uh, with their sports uh, division revenue, which is New Japan and Stardom. Yes. Do you want to break into that? Yes. So my understanding, and I've asked I've asked about this to, to confirm in the Voices of Wrestling Slack. Uh, I don't know if anybody has confirmed it yet, but I believe so so Bushi Road so there's the sports division. Bushi Road is a is a pretty big company that includes a lot of different uh, businesses. Uh Yes, in June 2020, they sold their knockout kickboxing business that used to be included in this sports division, and now it includes, you know, it is has always included New Japan, and then when they acquired Stardom, it, st- it began to include Stardom as well. Um, so what we have here is the latest public report 
uh, and for, for Bushi Road, uh, reporting on the revenues, uh, for the sports division. So we don't get this broken out. Which part of it is New Japan? Which part of it is stardom? We don't know. Uh, but revenues for the sports division, uh, the most recently completed quarter, uh, they have a fiscal year that is not, that is not the calendar year, but the, uh, Q3 for them, uh, is April to June. So the month of June that just ended, uh, how do, how do I say this? 1.214 billion yen, which comes out to 10, 10.9 million US dollars. Uh, that's below, but, but not that far off of what they were doing pre pandemic. Um, they were doing an, in Q1 2020, which is October to December 2019, which would be the last quarter not touched by the pandemic, $13.2 million in, in US dollars. Uh, so again, yeah, this most recent, recently completed quarter, 10.9 million. Quarter before that, 13.1 million. So I'm actually not sure where, where stardom begins to be included in here. I should have uh, looked into that, but not that far off, despite doing very limited, uh, live events, uh, in terms of capacity and what they're able to, uh, to sell tickets for. Uh, as we always say here, New Japan is not a media business to the extent that WB or AEW are. Uh, despite being the third biggest company, uh, wrestling company in the world, their revenues last, I got any information that I, you know, thought was meaningful, uh, about half of their revenue is from ticket sales still. They probably get some money. They're, they're partly owned by TV Asahi, which is their broadcaster. Uh, but, uh, it's not as if they get enormous TV rights fees. Um, they're probably getting something, probably not that much from Roku to put, to put their, some of their content on Roku. Uh, but, uh, you know, and they do have new Japan world, which might be their biggest, uh, source of source of media revenue. Uh, we think somewhere under a hundred thousand subscribers, something like that for, for new Japan world worldwide paying 999 yen, just $110 a month. So new Japan, I mean, at least in terms of these revenues, new Japan and stardom seem to be doing, they're not doing what they were doing pre pandemic, but, uh, maybe not that badly either. Uh, in terms of profitability though. Um, they don't break that out for the sports division. They break out profitability with the music division. So I'm, uh, hesitant to try to draw any conclusions about the profitability of, of these wrestling businesses here. All right. And, uh, so uh, some information, you know, regarding this, uh, this was passed along, uh, by Justin Nipper translated from uh, Ledette's official website. Uh, are you familiar? Are you familiar with, with the promotion Gleet? I am not. You're not familiar with the, the new promotion, Gleet. Um, See, I thought, like, and when I'm looking at the notes, I'm like, what is Gleet? Hmm. Right, is a new... so Japanese or, so go, all right, so this is about Gleet. Do you know, wait, 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 wait. Yes. Do you know why it's called Gleet? I do not. I think, now this is the name that they chose for themselves. I, I, I understand that is because they're, it's, it's a play on words of great and how some people pronounce the word great, I think. Mm. Well, uh, they've officially existed on the books for one year and eight months. This is like said from Justin Nipper. Uh, their reported uh, capital is around 10 million yen, which is around uh, 90,000 uh, US dollars. Uh, 67 employees work for the company as of March 2021. To put that in perspective, New Japan Pro Wrestling has about 150 employees, while All Japan has between 15 to 20. They've occurred uh, 1.458 million yen, approximately about 13,128 US dollars as of March 2nd, 2021. I mean, it, it this company, so yeah, it, um, so it was founded by, uh, a former Pro Wrestling Noah parent company, Ledette. So it, is this, is this trying to be like a national promotion in Japan or does this seem like another indie promotion? I, in I, I, I don't, there are people who know far more about the modern state of, of Japanese wrestling than I do, who you should listen to, uh, like John Carroll and, and the voice wrestling flagship where they, where they've talked about this half of, I understand half of the card is UWFI style matches, work shoot style matches. Okay. Um, I, th- I think they're trying to be a major company. That's my impression. But, uh, a lot of employees been on the books for a long time before they, put on a show i don't know <laughs> but, but there's 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 some information well uh 
we'll, we'll see if they're a national promotion or our friends at, uh, between the sheets would call another Japanese indie scum promotion. So, yeah. uh, yeah. So with, with that, that looks like that is the week. Do you have any indie bookings coming up? Professional wrestling. Do I have what? Do you have any indie bookings coming up? Yeah. Uh, so we'll go on a schedule. Uh, this Saturday coming up, July 10th, I'm going to be in Morristown, New Jersey. Wow. Uh, or Williamstown. I always get a mess of Williamstown, New Jersey, uh, at the HGO facility for NFW, uh, ring announcing there. So uh, anybody in the New York, New Jersey, Philly area, come out to that. That'll be a good show. Uh, there's, uh, Alan Five Angels from, uh, the Dark Order will be on the show and, um, you know, Marcus Mathers, Dylan McKay, a few, uh, high, young high flyers. So, uh, and then, uh, on, uh, the 31st, uh, I will, uh, be at in Buffalo, my hometown, Riverworks for Empire State Wrestling. Uh, and there's a, you know, I have MMA booking on the 24 for ground force fights and some comedy dates and everything too, which you can get found on all my social media. But yeah, July 31st, uh, and I, I heard a rumor that, that maybe, maybe we will see a Brandon Thurston match on that show. What, what are the sources of this rumor? Is this, uh, let, let, rumor. Me let me guess, 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 let me guess. The sources of this rumor, could it have been <laughs> the Good Brother group chat? <laughs> I, I got it. I cannot disclose my sources. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about sources here. I'm wrestling Alex. I'm sorry. I crossed the line. Yes, this has not been announced, but we there might be an announcement at some time in the future. Maybe even by the time you hear this this audio, uh, we'll see. But uh, I did. I, I will say this. I, I trained again this past week. I, I ran some. I did some some ring work. Uh, did some drills and whatnot. And by God. I got blown up. I, I just, I, I like did some drills and stuff. And luckily I was working with uh, some, some newer students who, you know, are still working on their fundamentals and we had to stop <laughs> because I had to like just put my forehead down on on the top rope and, and catch my breath <laughs> for a while. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've, I will continue to, to train hard and get my body ready again. All right. And uh, yeah, I mean, as, as far as, uh, me, social media plugs, Chris Gullo, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, but rediscovering the Indies. We just came out with our last part of the XBW deep dive. Uh, that came out, uh, this past Wednesday. So you could find all the info, uh, on our Twitter, our TI pod, as well as our Instagram and Facebook, which are rediscovering Indies, but check out the podcast. It was a lot of fun. We talk, you'll enjoy this because I know they like when I bring up fun facts. So WWE, this was reported by the observer at one point wanted to bring Rob Black in as an expert witness when they were being sued by Nicole Bass. Wow. Because he would have worked for her when she said she couldn't work because she was too injured. Or, I mean, she, she uh, yeah, he, I'm sorry. She would have worked for him. Was that a uh, McDivitt's idea or how did that come to be? <laughs> I'm not sure. And there wasn't a ton of info on it, but it just fascinates me. Vince, yeah, bring, bring Rob Black in. <laughs> Get him in here. I just, I could imagine that meeting. Um, so I, I think yeah, what, you, what, uh, what you've done here is you remember, so with ECW, you've, we had all these ECW reprisals, but really it was brought back to life by the <laughs> ECW DVD, the, the ECW DVD, which is, you know, a great documentary about ECW and, you know, the DVD area, you'd have all these matches on it as well. And that, that sold really well. It was very popular. And that led the success of that. I, I, the legend has it, and I believe really led to the one night stand pay-per-view. Which was very successful as well. Uh, and they did another one, and then eventually they did the whole brand of WWE ECW. And I, th I, so I think, so the ECW DVD is to ECW as, as the, uh, <laughs> RTI podcast is to XPW. Would you, would you not agree? Uh, I mean, maybe. I, I think it's really going to get blown up when they do the dark side of the ring, but, uh, uh, I, I mean, I know, I know a lot, it's got a lot of interest. I know that. The, that's our Mongo Twitter handle was tweeting out XBW uh, clips and because he heard us talk about it, he's like, oh. I'm going to go find some XBW clips. God. And uh, so maybe, and that got really viral. So maybe, uh, yeah, maybe we have reignited. I don't like to take all the credit though, especially if Rob Black does. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it credit. I, I wouldn't call it credit as much as I will blame. take no credit. 
I take no credit or no blame if Rob Black brings a bunch of canceled people for his wrestling promotion. <laughs> yes. So anyway, so, that's all. Uh, well, you yeah. can you can uh, subscribe if you have not already to the Wrestlelongs Patreon, patreon.com slash Wrestlelongs. You get access to the Wrestlelongs viewership spreadsheet as well as uh, whatever I report for the week lately. I've been reporting a lot of ratings. Uh, you can go to Wrestlelongs.com and read the Net Promoter Score article that we mentioned here in this podcast uh, you can follow me on twitter at brandon thurston you can follow the wrestling i'm supposed to say the wrestling first you can follow wrestling on twitter at wrestling you can follow me on twitter at brandon thurston i'm brandon thurston i'm chris Gellin. and we'll talk to you next time bye